0: Good day folks, this is Shane Hasty with the InfoQ Culture Podcast. I'm here at Agile 2018 in San Diego and I'm sitting down with Diana Larson. Diana, welcome. It's great to see you again, it's, it's been a while. How are you doing and what's been happening in, in the world of Diana Larson?
1: Lots of things. I'm experiencing a very interesting career shift. It's no secret that I'm getting older, as everybody does, and I'm moving into new parts of my career, doing more mentoring these days, and working with other folks who are coaches and things to do to talk to them. That lines up with the work I'm doing with the Agile Fluency Project, which is really fun thing. I mean, it, not everybody decides to do a startup as, you know, kind of at the end of their career or toward the end of their career, but I've decided to do that.
0: It's a reasonably unusual, did we say, retirement <laughs> initiative.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So I'm doing that, still having a lot of fun with my family and my friends. And as you observed earlier before we started recording, been doing a lot of self-care, thinking a lot about what it means to take care of my body, mind, spirit and make sure that I can hang out in this community for a very long time. <laughs>
0: cool. So one of the, the points that you made when we were chatting earlier, and, 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 and a great perspective, there's no reason that every organization can't have Agile done well. And to see the, the the real differences that an agile mindset makes to outcomes and uh, employee engagement and all of those other things right. that we talk about, there's no reason why not. But how the hang do we get there?
1: <laughs> well, of course, I have a perspective on that. A number of years ago, James Shore and I wrote an article, "Your Path Through Agile Fluency." Martin Fowler published it on his website and our intention then was to begin to explore the ways that we had seen agile done well in organizations to begin to break down some of the conversations about there's only one way or agile has to look this way or that way and and we found that it was a much more nuanced thing and that you know if you really begin to look at what are the different kinds of opportunities for benefit that organizations see with Agile, you begin to see that there are very different expectations for teams. And Agile can accommodate all of those, Mm -hmm. as far as we've been able to tell. Mm -hmm. And about a little, maybe a year or so ago, Martin started telling us, you know, it's time to update. Well, you really need to think about incorporating what you've learned, because every model, once you publish it, it begins to teach you back, as you'll soon discover with your book. Mm -hmm. And so we finally gave it to him, and he published it in March. And so we added in a lot, it's longer by about 200% than it was before, but we were able to incorporate a lot of what we had learned. And a lot of that learning has come through our work with folks who are doing coaching, both external coaches, independents, and internal coaches in organizations, and what they have seen going on and where teams can work well and so on. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I do think that these visions Take a long time. Yep. And I've told the story before of people asking me a number of years ago, always well, is Agile dead? I mean, it hasn't achieved its things. And I'm like, you know, how many years has it been since people started talking about total quality and customer satisfaction? and? And in those days we did not take for granted that the customer should get what they want <laughs> in yeah. a way they want it. It was yes.
0: efficiency focused. It was and efficiency focused build.
1: and not yeah. customer value and and it's taken a long time before we now just say, well of course you're gonna try to satisfy the customer. Of course it, if you know if you can delight the customer, that's even better. And And so these things, these new ideas that come into organizations take time, and I think Agile is still moving in that direction of finding the way that it's going to be able to provide the most value and become just the way we do things, Mm -hmm. both in software development and beyond. I mean, there's the whole business agility movement now. Our focus is primarily software development teams, and that's because that's who we love to work with. But there's no reason that that can't spread
0: further. So what are some of the important messages that you've taken from the model teaching you back now?
1: Ah, okay. Well, a greater understanding of what kind of benefits the organization needs and what that means about the investments that they need to get to do to, to get those needs met and then what does that mean also about what kinds of proficiencies the teams need to develop of course this is the fluency part right what kind of proficiencies do the teams need to develop to deliver those benefits and a, a greater understanding i mean I always knew that the investment wasn't always just about money throwing money at the problem there are other things that have to happen and a lot of people will say, oh, we our organization is this on the model, we have a focusing organization. We say, no, 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 this is a team model, mm-hmm. but it has organizational implications. <laughs> like any change you make in an organization is going to have a ripple effect, right? And so we're learning more about also whether you want focusing teams or delivering teams or optimizing teams or what have you, what does that mean about how the nature of the manager's role shifts? What does that mean about how the nature of the product folks' role shifts? What does that mean about how the kind of cross-functionality you need in your team may be different? Depending on the benefits that need to be provided and the investments that are going to be made and so on so we've gotten a lot more information in those areas and that's pretty much reflected in the in the new article but of course that's just reading about it that's not practice Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything takes practice
0: so how do organizations teams put this into practice
1: you know, we have a point of view on this, of course, and we have developed now a group of materials that we call the Agile Fluency Suite that incorporates the model and our diagnostic process. It's more of an instrument. It's not really an assessment. It's a way for teams to do some self-reflection and then for us to aggregate the reflections of a number of teams, which begins to tell us about the system. We have an improvement cycle laid out for how to walk through this with leaders and organizations to help them make the choices that they want to make to realize the opportunities they see in Agile, and then various tools and additional activities and things that go with that suite of materials that keep that moving forward. When you've done the diagnostic, how do you report that back? How do you decide what your recommendations should be? You know, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So,
0: Who's it for? Who it's, uses it? Well,
1: so far we have found the most effective users of it are people who are already fairly experienced Agile coaches and consultants and mostly that title tends to be Agile Coach. and People who've worked with a number of different teams, who've kind of been there, done that, seen how it looks in a number of different organizations, those are the folks who tend to see the most value in the model because they have seen these variations in organizational expectations, in delivery of benefit, in delivery to customers, so they're more able to take these ideas A lot of Agile coaches come from a technical background or a project management background. For those folks, we have offered them more organization design, organization development, change management information. For folks who come at it more from the maybe management, we show them how software teams work when they're working well technically, right? So we try to help people broaden their perspective and so that they can give the best possible advice, become the trusted advisors that they're capable of becoming. And we have forums and networks of folks who are become licensed to use our materials and so that they can exchange information and, and it's it's growing into a nice community and it's it's really a pleasure to be a part of.
0: Another thing that I know you've been very actively involved in is the organizational design community. Yeah. And you, you've actually been one of the people who's bringing the commonalities to the fore yeah. in this space. Do you want to tell us a bit about that?
1: Well I think that a number of years ago I was invited, Actually, when I, shortly after I left the Agile Alliance Board, I was invited to join the Organization Design Forum Board and years and years ago For agile I was working in organization design and in work process design in that arena and so it was kind of a homecoming for me to come back to that community as well and in the meantime I really had seen the intersection the resonance between what we are trying to do with agile to help organizations and what the organization design community knows and and I believe each has a lot to teach the other. Mm -hmm. Organization design has really has a great understanding of how structure and culture but beyond culture, how we put our organizations together, how we reward and punish people, how promotions happen, all of those kinds of things, how those fit together to make a system and what the system effects are of all those things. They they have a lot of understanding about that which I think Agilists can benefit from. Agilists have this understanding of continuous learning and continuous improvement and the importance of complex systems you know building software and then building organizations um, and thinking in those complex terms I think because of the software engineering mindset, you know, how do you build these, these applications that can, can serve a lot of different purposes and so on. So I think the two communities have a lot to share with each other. And I'm really pleased that this year I was chair of the organization design forum conference where we took as our theme designing for agility and innovation. We held the conference in Ann Arbor. I invited Rich Sheridan to be one of our keynote speakers. Some of my committee members invited Chris White from the Center of Positive Organizations and Chris Worley, who's written a lot about business and organizational agility from an organization design point of view. So we had these three great keynoters and we were a couple of blocks from Menlo. So I was able to take some of those organization design people and show them what that kind of a business the menlo environment where they were just surprised and and amazed and james gave us a tour and that was that was just one of the high points of my life this year (laughs) really bringing those two communities together was was
0: delightful so for our audience who, who probably have got a reasonable understanding of the Agile stuff, where would they go to find some of the foundational things in this organization design space?
1: Well, there is a, depending on how you want to dive in, the Organization Design Forum has webinars and, you know, things you can sign up for, both free and for a nominal charge that people can become a part of, join that conversation in that way. There is also all the work of the folks at the Center for Organizational Effectiveness at, I believe it's USC in California, University of Southern California. And Sue Mormon, Stu Winby, Chris Worley, and those folks are doing some really amazing work there so any of the books
0: actually... We'll include all of the links. Yeah,
1: actually Sue Mormon has written a wonderful book called Design for High-Performing Teams. Or so, it's something like that that I find really useful. And so there's, depending on what kind of a research dive you want to do, there's there are a number of ways to go about that. Oh, and there is actually a European organization design forum that has a conference every year. I believe their conference is coming up in... October, so if people outside the US and Europe or elsewhere in the world wanted to, to Go there they can they can find more resources there as well So it's not just a US centric thing at all. Yeah
0: Another area I know that is close to your heart in fact the first article I read on InfoQ was your discussion of diversity and the the elephant in the room So right. where are we at with diversity today in the agile community? and in, in the soft community.
1: Yeah, well, I think in the Agile community, we're making progress. In the broader software community, I, I think it's still quite the struggle. I think there's greater awareness and there's still a lot of resistance, like there is to any kind mm-hmm. of new ideas. But I'm hopeful. I just spent the weekend be- before today, before our interview, before the Agile 2018 conference at the Agile Coach Camp here, where really the two themes that kept coming up were diversity and self-care, which I, th- I actually think those things fit together pretty nicely, <laughs> you know, sort of the self-awareness, self-care, and, and we talked quite a bit there about how do we be effective allies. And then I segued from that to the Women in Agile Conference here, which has grown enormously in just three years, has become quite the force to be reckoned with. And there were, I don't know how many tables there were in the room, but as I looked around the room, I saw that every table had one or more men at it, and so there were like, you know. 200 people in the room 250 people in the room at least 10 to 15 percent of those were men and that's a shift you know it used to be people thought well sexism is a woman's problem right Uh, racism is you know people of colors problem right and we're getting a greater awareness that that's not the case and when my partner Sharon and I are doing a session this week on Wednesday called Going Beyond Sticky Tricky and Icky where we're going to be talking about cross-gender relationships in organizations, particularly in software teams. And the message that we will be carrying, much to my surprise, is the same message I was hearing at Agile Coach Camp and the same message I was hearing at Women in Agile yesterday. The single most powerful tool that we have to combat racism, sexism, and help diversity and inclusion flower is the actions of bystanders, is the actions of allies, and that makes more difference. Other people speaking up on behalf of someone that they see being discriminated against or or not included in in some way that is hurtful or harmful to them, that's the Best way that we have of making a difference. And so, and I see a lot more folks putting energy into learning how to do that well. And we had some wonderful conversations at Agile Coach Camp about the willingness to not know how to do it exactly right and be uncomfortable and step up, right? And so we'll be talking a lot about that in our session. We're going to have some scenarios for people to read and say if if you saw this happening or if you were in this position, what would you be doing? What would you expect from people standing around? How could they help? And so we'll be doing some practice. You know, <laughs> practice is the thing that that helps us overcome our feelings of awkwardness. And so we're going to we're going to make a little progress there. Just Probably just a tiny bit, but a little bit of progress to helping people feel like they can be better allies when they are bystanders.
0: So for a person listening to us right now, what's the practice they can do?
1: Ask how they can help. If, If you see something happening to someone, if you're not sure how a comment is being taken, or if you feel kind of taken aback and offended by a comment aimed at someone else, Say something, and it's okay if you feel uncomfortable about doing that. That actually is always where our learning edge is, is where we feel least comfortable. If we stay in our comfort zone, we never learn anything new. For agilists, we're used to doing experiments. I think, think of it as, I have a hypothesis that if I ask this person how I can help them, that might work out well. Try that experiment. They'll either say, you know, this really wasn't the right time, (laughs) in which case you've learned something, or they'll be grateful. They, you know, they'll be grateful for your help or, you know, I mean, who knows what the outcomes might be, but that's the only way we get past. It's any new skill we learn, we only learn it by practicing it, and we always feel awkward and inept at first and so if people think back to when did you learn to drive a car when did you learn to tie your shoes when, when was the last time you learned to serve a tennis ball it always starts in awkwardness and discomfort and I'm not doing this very well And but if we persist it soon becomes second nature and that's what we want is for these ally and, and actually activists I'm standing right next to you I'm right here with you or I'm Standing in front of you, protecting you in, in the instances where that's really needed. That's what we call the icky ones, <laughs> the beyond icky ones. I'm right here. I'm going to be your shield, even when I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work out. Right? That's where we learn. And that's where we begin to gain some comfort with doing that, is by repeatedly taking those steps.
0: Diana, as always, great to catch up. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. If people want to continue the conversation, where do they find you?
1: Well, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter at Diana of Portland. And you know, check into the Agile Fluency Project and get in touch there. We've got actually quite a large community of people who just are interested in the model. They don't they don't want to take it anywhere, but they just want to be part of the conversation. And as it turns out, a lot of those folks, we've invited to attend a breakfast here. So if you're part of that group, you still are included. And we just like hearing from folks.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Sure thing.